0: You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. This has been a tough week. Another kidnapping, murder, riots, rockets, Escalation and bombs. Friends and colleagues searching for their families in the confusion that accompanies the eerie wail of sirens. Palestinian friends and colleagues arrested in arbitrary night raids. Many of us have family in the South, and our own Rabbi David Ingber and his family have sat in shelters at night in Jerusalem. Images and video reports of the dead. Since moving back from Israel a year and a week ago, I have not felt so far away, so powerless. Every email, every article, and flashing Facebook post brings a heightened sense of despair. As with many here, I sit in the place of heartbreak and mourning, and that is where I pray from but I cannot sit in the state of overwhelm and helplessness. Ruth Messinger says, we cannot retreat to the convenience of being overwhelmed. But what action can we take? The weight of the situation is heavy. The distance between New York City and Jerusalem is wide. Taking all of this into account... Where do we begin? This week's parsha Parshat Pinchas holds up three different scenes of action and of leadership. Pinchas zealously murders and receives a breach Shalom. The daughters of Zelofhad gather together, stand up before Moshe and ask for an inheritance, the inheritance from their father. They receive this as well as a law that ensures the right of inheritance for women. But it's the third scene. It's the third scene I want to highlight. The scene where leadership is transferred from Moshe to Yehoshua. God tells Moshe, it's time. You will climb this mountain and you will be gathered to your ancestors. But first, you must transfer your leadership to the next generation. Moshe then addresses God in a most curious form. Yifkod Adonai lechol basar ish al ha'ida. Let the Lord, God of the spirits for all flesh, appoint a man over the community. Our rabbis read into this verse the key to Yehoshua's leadership. In Midrash Tanhumah, the rabbis feed new words into Moshe's mouth. They give Moshe a new script for what he says to God. And here's what he says. "Ribono shel olam, it is known and revealed before you the innermost workings of all beings. You know that there aren't two who are alike. When I depart from this community, when I die, please... If you are to appoint a leader, choose a leader who is patient with each person and can meet each person where they are. Then we go back to the Torah text, where Yehoshua, the appointed leader, is described as ish asher ruach bo. He is a person with spirit in him. And the Midrash defines this spirit as one who makir, One who knows, who truly knows each and every Israelite and knows how to walk with them. This defining act of Yehoshua is to listen, is to get to know the community, not to see the Israelites as a unified mass, not even as blocks of constituencies, but individual voices and perspectives. In Jewish leadership today, there's often a resounding cry for a unified voice around Israel. Last week, in the days of praying for the return of the yeshiva students, many saw one instance, one highly rare instance, where Jews from across the political and religious spectra could agree. A millisecond of perceived unity. But this unity is a myth. And the perpetuation of the myth of this unity and the fear of shattering it is preventing us from seeing and hearing each other, each fellow Jew as an individual. We have lost touch with the ruach of Yehoshua, with the spirit of Joshua, and it is corroding the fabric of our communities. Because every day that we dream of Am Yisrael speaking with one voice on Israel is a day that we only speak to those who hold the same beliefs as we do. It's a day that we read the news source that only speaks our political language. It's a day when we lose our capacity to have conversations, and I don't mean debates, across political and religious lines. It's a day when we close our ears and our eyes to truths that come from anywhere besides ourselves. We are highly nuanced people, able to hold Eluv Eilu divre elohim chaim. These and those are words of the living God. But when it comes to Israel, we shut this down. And this is dangerous. We have arrived at a place where someone can walk into a shul and say, I'm an atheist. And they are offered full inclusion in all aspects of Jewish life. And this is amazing. We are also at the same time in a place where that same person walks into the shul and says, I'm, insert here, APAC or J Street. And they are subtly or not so subtly shown the door. Where a beloved rabbi's Jewish identity is called publicly into question because she uses nuanced language to ex- express grief over loss of life. This is dangerous. We've arrived at a place where families are divided. My father and I, who otherwise have a very loving relationship, spent years unable to speak about Israel. One of us would raise an issue, my mother promptly would leave the room. We hovered in our corners and then let the punches fly. We didn't speak about Israel. We yelled, we lectured, we hollered, and we accused about Israel two loving family members paralyzed in their relationship. This is dangerous. What is dangerous in all of these instances is that we are demonizing each other. And we're cultivating baseless hatred of fellow Jews, which I've heard reports tell was the reason for the destruction of the Second Temple. Secondly, we lock ourselves in an echo chamber and lock out creative thinking, the kind of inspiration and practical imagination that envisions viable solutions, truths that come from unexpected places. I'm not saying there's, obviously, there's not a quick fix. I'm not speaking of an epiphany that will transform the conflict overnight. This is an intractable conflict The heartbreak of this week is part of a chronic illness, and we must express our grief, but we can't stop there. Otherwise, it becomes a mawkish ritual of empty mourning. We need to take the first steps, and one crucial first step is to see and hear each other with mutual respect. As many of you know, I spent the last two years living in Jerusalem. I took a year off from rabbinical school in order to work for an organization called Encounter. It's an organization that Marisa James, the programming director of Romamu, also worked for. Encounter was found... Has anybody heard of Encounter here? Amazing. Okay. So Encounter was founded by two American rabbis as a nonpartisan organization to address two issues brought by North American Jews to the conflict. One, North American Jewish leaders are major stakeholders in what happens in Israel, and yet many, if not most, have never met a Palestinian, let alone been to a Palestinian city or village. Two, North American Jews were not speaking to each other across political and religious lines. Thus, Encounter, founded in 2005, began to bring Jewish leaders on multi-day trips to the West Bank to ask questions and to hear from Palestinian community leaders, business people, teachers, social workers, and students. And on these trips, participants, the Jewish participants, would spend at least three hours together in a safe space with other Jews, Jews of widely divergent political leanings, Listening to each other, questioning each other, pushing back, sharing, not necessarily agreeing, but hearing. Encounter was founded eight years ago, and the work has made tremendous strides, impacting Jewish communities around the world, as well as Palestinian communities who are meeting Jews outside of the military often for the first time. But the work is still incomplete. Congregations across the world are afraid to engage on Israel. I have colleagues who have instated moratoria on Israel discussion, and other congregations have divided along political lines. So I want to come back to Romamu. Romamu is one of the most loving and welcoming and pluralist communities I have ever experienced. I feel like we're uniquely gifted at building sacred and safe spaces. I believe that in this community, we can create a safe container for these encounters and these conversations with each other to begin to see across, to see and hear across political lines. And we do have these political lines. We are a fully multi-dimensional, multi-halachic community with multiple perspectives on Israel. These conversations will be triggering, illuminating. We can learn from each other. We will not necessarily agree. But in a most difficult and challenging time, we will live the values of our community. And when we decide to act or take a stand on an issue as individuals, we come to that action with greater understanding and respect. This kind of communication which is rare in most congregations can help us to become agents of change. So I want to bless us and please please bless me too. <laughs> I want to bless us that we inherit the ruach the spirit of Joshua. In this trying time to encounter the individuals of our community and beyond with a spirit of curiosity and listening and respect. When the world tells us to debate and convince and persuade that instead, we hear and we see. Even as we pray from a place of heartbreak, may we take our first steps together to impact our community and beyond.